Hello, and welcome to Saturday Night Hive. I'm here today with my friend, my always friend, Hibba Murray. Hello, Hibba. Hi, Candice. So we are here to talk about the Will Forte Mona skin episode. And this one was kind of an exciting one because, you know, every time a cast member comes back, it's like, cool, cool, cool. Mm. I got to admit, I was not exactly sure if Will Forte would ever get asked to come back because, mm-hmm. as he said in his monologue, his entire cast, like the entire cast of season 34 has hosted except for him and like Keenan Thompson. However, I want to start off with a warm up question, which is Hibba. Is Will Forte hot? Wow. What an interesting question. Um, I would say no, that's a no from me, but I could see him being certain people's type, like maybe if you are a mom from the Midwest in your mid-50s, that's not to say anything bad about him, but I feel like people don't generally consider him sexiest man alive, although that category has been both over and underused. That's true. So here's the thing about Will Forte, which is that I feel like he is just one degree off from being Bill Hader. Like there Mm -hmm. is something about their SNL trajectory, their like comedy trajectory that is very similar. And I was like trying to figure out like, why is it that Bill Hader is like 100% hot, no questions asked, whereas Will Forte Mm -hmm. gives me a, I don't know. And I do think part of it is that Bill Hader worked out in order to start filming Barry and like as one works out, one gets a little hotter around the jawline. Yum, 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 yum. However, Will Forte, unfortunately, this episode did not make me think he is hot. He may not be for me, probably because he has very thin lips. (laughs) However, moving into the episode a bit, I did want to mention one thing about the cold open, which is that it was like pretty long and there were funny punchlines, but I need to get on my stand because Candace Owens went on her Twitter account and came after our woman, Ego Wodum, who did an impression of Candace. And Candace Owens wrote, I am much better looking than this. That's honestly so offensive. It is offensive. It is so mean. And guess what? It's factually untrue because Ego Wodum is king. Ego Wodum is queen. I'm just, I'm so mad that Candace Owens said this about her. So I just wanted to put that at the top of the episode. That's also like such mean girl behavior, right? Like to Mm -hmm. come after someone, like she didn't criticize the actual performance that Ego gave. She was just like, oh, you're ugly, which like you said, is not factually correct. So it's just like disgusting behavior that we expect, honestly, from her. Exactly. And Ego, we love you. Okay. Moving on to the monologue. So overall, I really enjoyed Will Forte's monologue. I really love that he mentioned just like how funny this all is that like yeah. he is the last member of his season to get to get like a hosting gig. Uh, Lauren Michaels did make an appearance. I thought he did pretty well. My one criticism of this monologue is I really hate when they bring in or integrate next week's host. So Willem Dafoe Mm. came up and he was like next to Lord Michaels. And to me, the whole thing is like, I just don't think it's right to like take the spotlight from this week's host because you literally have like airtime, the exact same airtime next week. And it just like spoils it almost. But 
to be fair, maybe this is a COVID thing because like Rami Malek went to like Kim Kardashian's after party and Simu Liu was at Studio 8H for John Major's taping. So there's a lot going on. But did you have initial thoughts about the monologue? Yeah, I was happy that first of all, one of my predictions was correct because I think I guessed yeah. that one of the SNL alums would host. So I was happy mm-hmm. about that. And also, like you said, I thought it was so funny that he was like, literally everyone else has hosted that was in my year multiple times. And then I thought it was so funny that he went in on John Mulaney and was like, Mm. what the F, guys? John Mulaney has hosted four times and he was like a writer when I was here. Like he was never even a cast member. So I thought that was hilarious. I agree with you. I think the only reason he was there is because also um, he lives in New York. William Defoe lives in New York. So I think right. it was like easy for him to like stop by. Um, and like you said, maybe they he's also really old. So maybe they like wanted to just like get him in the studio extra practice time, like before he actually has to do oh, the whole okay. thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's like 72 or something. <laughs> Is that wrong? That could be true. You know what? Maybe grandpa forgot what week it is. Um, I do want to go back to it. I want to be a little messy here because... We love mess. Like you said, Wolf Forte went in on John Mulaney. And I thought it was real risky of Will Forte to bring up that name because Will Forte was dating Olivia Munn when he brought her as his plus one to the Seth Meyers wedding. What? Oh my God, what? It was at that wedding that Mulaney was in there with Anna Marie Tendler, and that is where John Mulaney and Olivia Munn met. And now they got a little baby. And Will Forte also just had a kid with someone who like honestly is like younger than Olivia Munn, looks exactly like Olivia Munn. So <laughs> good for Will. You guys can't see me, but my jaw is literally on the floor as Candace is revealing all of this tea. I didn't know any of that, and now it feels like it wasn't even Mm -hmm. a joke. It was like a thinly veiled threat almost. Like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. Look at the photos. Because I truly don't know what the status of Will Forte and Melanie's relationship is. But like, I don't know. Their kids could be play friends. I don't know how celebrities work. Mm. I'm beside myself, honestly. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're going to just kind of hit some of the sketches that we liked this week. Maybe I'll start with my favorite, which was the Jackie and Clancy sketch. So I've actually never watched this reoccurring sketch before, but Kristen Wiig was also in the monologue. And I love Kristen Wiig, as everyone else does. I was a little surprised she was here for it, but I'm okay with that because this Jackie and Clancy sketch, oh my god. When him and Kristen go off, balls to the walls, I was like, wow, no one on this current cast has, like, that perfect, synchronized, chaotic energy they have to just, like, go full throttle. And I'm just really proud of her. So that was my favorite sketch of the week. Yeah, I also agree with you. I think it's great when you can kind of see the chemistry and you can see that 12 years later, the chemistry is still there. Um, and yeah, like you said, like we, our SNL, like heyday, I guess, is is past when they were in the cast. So I knew that this was a reoccurring sketch, but I hadn't seen it like all the times that it had reoccurred. Um, but I also kept waiting for her to come out because she was in the monologue, like you said, and then like that sketch didn't happen until later. So when mm-hmm. she came out, I was like, oh, okay, I get why she's here because like this is the sketch. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. And she was also in all those MacGruber sketches that they kind of spliced oh my throughout God, the episode. Yeah. <laughs> and so my whole thing is I don't have a history with MacGruber. I just, yeah. I'll say this. I really like that they kind of did the original format of splicing like one minute pieces like in between yeah. the show. I thought that was really funny and unconventional, especially for the SNL today. I do not love giving anti-vaxxers and capital rioters any airtime, but yeah. I do want to say good on Ryan Philippi for getting his little airtime in there. He didn't even have to show up live in the studio. So another <laughs> sketch that I also kind of enjoyed, and I'm actually curious what you thought, was the threesome sketch. Um, It's very <laughs> interesting because this sketch had the same tone and lighting as that Bridgerton sketch that mm-hmm. Mikey Day and Pete Davidson did with Ray Jean Page where they were playing these stand-in intimacy coordinators. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, Mikey Day wrote this sketch and I just want to give him props for really pushing the envelope on threesome culture. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I was really entertained by this sketch. I feel like this was kind of the SNL sweet spot where you're uncomfortable, but you're so entertained that you want to keep watching. And I feel like Mikey Day does that especially well in a way that... Um, like it's not as cringe as it could be if somebody else was doing basically but yeah I thought the sketch was really hilarious and it's always it's like one of those classic sketches where like obviously something weird is going on but there's only one guy in the room who like points it out and the other people are like just going with the crazy so you as like the audience are rooting for the person that's like not going with the crazy while you're like also sitting there laughing the whole time so I thought it was really well executed I also feel like Will Forte in general, just like his thing is like these like wackier characters. And so it was good to see like mm-hmm. him like step into that like, like time and time again. Yeah. Yeah. I also kind of wanted to give a shout out to the cut for time this week, which was ESPN first take. I just really loved Chris Red's impression of Stephen A. Smith and Keenan's Michael Irvin. And they, like, first take did talk about it, and they also loved it. But I actually have to give a shout-out to the cinematographer of this because I just feel like it was so seamless the way this was shot. It was so accurate, and it was just so smooth the way they did that two-way side-by-side because they literally need to use that technique way more in their cold opens because there are way too many like awkward stop and breathes like during those segments. And so just want to give the cinematogs and the directors little shouts outs. But other than that, maybe it's time for us to go to Weekend Update. Hibba, what do you think of Weekend Update? Yeah. Okay. I had so many feelings on Weekend Update this week. I honestly, I thought it was all beautiful and I enjoyed that it was like very long. Um, so first I always love to see Bowen come back as the Chinese trade minister. Mm-hmm. He, I think that is like the first character that was like really his own character. And so I love to see that resurface. Also, he made a ton of jokes about how like NBC isn't sending any correspondence and they're all going to be reporting from their studio in Connecticut. And mm-hmm. I'm from Connecticut and I'm always like down talking Connecticut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was really funny to like hear him be like, ugh, Connecticut, like whatever um so yeah that was really funny he was great um sarah sherman came on and did her whole thing again where like she baits colin to saying something and then she they put up a graphic i don't personally love that but i like that she is kind of like coming into her own Mm -hmm. a little bit more i did really enjoy the part where she called colin a hollywood husband because honestly it needed Mm -hmm. to be said um Mm -hmm. like as much as i don't love him and scarlet together i feel like whenever a successful woman dates 
like someone famous they're always like oh now this person is just like the partner of this famous guy like point in case i'm all clooney right but like he needs to start being identified by scarlet like even though he has this other career so i thought that was funny um i really don't like the guy who owns a boat but i needed them to bring up how colin and pete bought a boat together so mm-hmm. i felt like that was a funny way of doing that as well and we got to see pete again that's true it's actually very interesting i loved pete's performance in that even though it actually wasn't much of a performance he was very much himself with the beer Mm. but also you know i do not know what is going to be of this chapter i shall call pete kardashian so (laughs) if this is it i'm loving the comedy bro i'm loving the comedy pete will absolutely be identified by whoever he ends up with if he's able to lock a woman down into his skims truly truly so now I really want to talk about Mona Skin. Um, <laughs> Mona Skin, for anyone who does not know, is an Italian band that won the Eurovision contest last year. And Eurovision is the same contest that produced, or I would say popularized, ABBA. So there's some lineage there in terms of like European quirkiness and just like mainstream weirdos. And let me be clear, I love Mona Skin. I thought their performances were exactly what SNL is made for, which is the smart, perfect bookings for rock bands that are popular at the moment. And they may not be popular forever, but they are like the it thing right now. And I want to be clear between Begin and I Want to Be Your Slave, I don't really condone nor enjoy that title. But I have to say the lyrics of that second song were quite fascinating. And I just... Really, really, really liked them. Oh my god, I loved them, and I had never heard of them before, so thank you for that background. But yeah, okay, so at first I was like, I just love their energy, and I like the song Begin. Like, obviously it's a cover, so I'd already known about it. So I was like, oh, let me see if I'll actually like them when they perform their own song. And I loved their second song. Like, I felt like their performance fit exactly on the space they were like dancing and moving around but it felt still livable I guess and like Mm -hmm. not too much you know sometimes people go up there and try to do way too much on there sometimes people go up there and not be doing enough but they were so captivating and let me just say the vibe that I got from the lead singer guy it was as if Roman from Succession not the actor the actual character Roman from Succession like decided to become the lead singer of a punk rock band like that's the Mm. kind of like mischievous like messy like fun but a little bit more upbeat persona that I got from him and I was really into it I like that yeah no he was smarmy and seductive and like I both wanted him and wanted to be him even though he doesn't want me and it was very very true they know how to play with an audience and they know how to maximize their space which is very good and smart and that was a great booking so shout out to shout out to you producers (laughs) snl yeah anyway at the end of the day i thought this was a great musical booking i thought will forte honestly even though i'm not exactly his biggest fan i do think he did deserve to host at some point because he has dedicated a lot of his time energy and decades to comedy so with that being said, Heba, what is your ranking of this episode? Yeah, okay, so I feel like I give a lot of episodes this ranking, but honestly, this is my ranking for, like, it was a solid episode, I was entertained. So I give this ranking 
Um, seven out of ten blazers with like all of the furry feathers that the lead singer mm. guy of Monaskin was wearing. Um, so yeah, I feel like Will Forte did a solid job. I was entertained. The musical guest was really great. The sketches weren't like super super memorable, but I did enjoy watching them. Like I wasn't bored. So and I really enjoyed um, Kristen Wiig as a guest. So yeah, good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that so much that my ranking is actually going to be 7 out of 10 lawyers searching for redemption, which is a lyric from Monaskin's second song. Uh I feel like Will Forte will probably not come back to host SNL at least for five, maybe 10 years. He's just not exactly the guy who's going to win the Emmys. And therefore... I think he was trying to balance this episode of like, he was trying to be nostalgic for this building and this time that created his career in comedy while also like just trying to, I don't know, mark his, mark who he is now. He hasn't been in SNL for 12 years and so much can change. But I think what I appreciate about Will Forte, and this was mainly coming through his monologue, he is incredibly self-aware of who he is what his position is in comedy and hollywood and he does not sugarcoat the fact that he is maybe the least successful cast member Mm -hmm. from season 34 Mm -hmm. but i am glad he hosted and i think a lot of people were excited and so with that being said thank you guys so much for listening hibba thank you so much for being here with me as always it's been a pleasure yay and we will see you all next week to talk about Willem Dafoe. Bye. Bye.